Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode 102. I hope you're doing well. So I am super excited about the show today, and I hope that you share in my excitement. And that's because today we are talking all about your health. This show is all about you. So question for you, have you ever made a New Year's resolution? Well, I have, and usually by this time, the 1st of February, I've already failed or given up on those lofty goals. Well, this past year, I made a resolution to read my Bible every day with a Bible reading plan. Now I'm happy to report that this is the first resolution that I have ever successfully completed. And now it's a lifestyle change. It's no longer a resolution. So what resolution have you made this year? Now, I recently Googled a survey from Forbes Health, and it found that the top resolutions for 2024 include fitness, finance, and mental health. Well, we're going to talk about two of these today, fitness and mental health or emotional health. So, like I said, it's all about you. I'm really excited about the show today because we have Brenda Edwards on the show And Brenda is a fitness trainer and nutritionist, and she's going to talk about how we can make some improvements in our health at work. But before we talk to Brenda, let's get into my favorite segment, What's On My Mind. What's on my mind? All right, so if you're not familiar with this segment, this is where I have the floor. I get to talk about whatever I want. Well, today I want to relate it to our topic. So today we're going to talk about one of those New Year's resolutions, mental or emotional health. I found a great article in Periop Today from AORN titled Emotional Health, Five Ways to Help Periop Staff Thrive and Avoid Burnout. Now, the article reads, Health equity is a mandate for every patient, but it's also a concept to practice internally with a focus on well-being for all healthcare professionals. Now, research shows that offering wellness strategies at work can engage staff and retain them. An established wellness program can also attract new staff to join the team. However, wellness should not be a one-size-fits-all approach because individuals have different wellness needs. What's more, wellness needs can change depending on changing stressors, such as staffing fluctuations or taking on a new position. That's why it's worth taking a fresh look at your well-being initiatives to keep wellness relevant, according to three experts who share their proven strategies for right-sizing a wellness approach at a large community hospital in Denver during a webinar for AORN's Center for Nursing Leadership. Their first suggestion, it asked, 
what they need to improve their physical and mental health. Through a shared governance approach with a dedicated wellness team, they surveyed staff to understand how they rated their stress and what they hoped for from a wellness program to target and lower the stress. Now their survey showed that 83 respondents reported their typical stress levels at work in a moderate to high range. Around one third of the respondents said respite lounges were welcomed, but their preferred approach would be to get wellness support in their areas. Also in conversations with staff, the wellness team learned the importance of framing their approach in the right way. For example, they learned that words such as resiliency were not inspiring after being used so much during the pandemic. Therefore, a focused conversation around emotional well-being could be beneficial. So next they give us some activities that they launched that could inspire emotional well-being in your workplace as well. So here they are. Roam for wellness. For busy staff in more isolated departments, they took wellness tools to the floor with wellness staff who offered on-the-go stress reducers such as aromatherapy for relaxation and handheld massage guns for mobile massages. Simple mindfulness strategies such as deep breathing and practicing gratitude were also reinforced on the fly. Next, create space dedicated to respite. They repurposed a 400 square foot space to a central setting to create a dedicated wellness lounge offering a range of respite activities, including mechanical massage chairs, aromatherapy, as well as yoga and other calming mind-body activities. The room was also designed to provide space for health coaching to help encourage healthy approaches to physical and mental health. Additionally, smaller areas throughout the hospital called Zen Dens with stress reducers such as massage chairs offered other spaces to step away and decompress or de-stress. Next, give a stress visual. To help staff realize their stress levels, they brought in a heart math system, which works by measuring your heart rhythms to identify patterns indicating stress. Once a staff member got their heart math reading, they also learned ways to reduce their stress, such as breathing or meditation, and then got another heart math reading to show them in real time how the strategies can really work to lower stress. Create opportunities for happiness. Recognizing the health benefits of happiness, laughter, and camaraderie to release endorphins and reduce stress, they launched several programs to support connections. For example, they created a puppies and pastry event that gave staff the chance to cuddle visiting puppies. They also sampled yummy baked goods and take a break from the stresses of work for just a moment. Another activity is an art pop-up event, which also gave staff a chance to engage in watercoloring activities together. And then last, Train to Thrive. They offered a 12-week course for leaders to improve resiliency skills that created a domino effect across the teams when the teachings were shared. The course is called Thrive, Thriving, Healing, Resiliency, Intentions, Vitality, and Energy. And the course is based on principles taught by Amit Sood, MD, the creator of the Resilient Option Program. So my question for you is, do you have a wellness program at your facility? Are you a leader in sterile processing? If so, invest in your staff, 
Look into ways to improve your staff's well-being. Don't wait for your facility to come up with something, to come up with a program. Be the sterile processing leader you are and be in the forefront of change, not lagging behind. Now, if you're a sterile processing staff member, start making suggestions. Bring ideas to your leaders. Be involved in the solution, not expecting everyone to do everything for you. So take some time, think about the wellness in your department, think about what changes wellness can bring to improve your well-being in sterile processing. And so that's what's on my mind. Our guest today is Brenda Edwards. Now, Brenda is a Dallas native who discovered her inner athlete as a camp gladiator camper back in 2012, before she became a trainer. Her passion is cultivating that inner athlete in everyone that she trains. Breaking plateaus and taking on new challenges is her jam. Brenda, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, John. I'm excited to be here. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you do? Yes. So I am a personal trainer and nutrition coach. I have been a personal trainer for six and a half years and a nutrition coach for a year and a half. I lead outdoor group fitness classes as well as online group fitness classes through Camp Gladiator. This is targeted personal training. So it's not your group X classes where I'm doing the work out with the group. I'm actually training the individuals. I design workouts that are challenging but suitable for all fitness levels, offering modifications for anyone with injuries or limitations. And so I do this both outdoor in person as well as online live and on demand with recordings through the Camp Gladiator platform. So certain areas of sterile processing can be physically demanding, such as working in the decontamination area where folks are bent over sinks for long periods of time. So are there any stretching activities that would be helpful that folks can do prior to beginning their shift? Yes, absolutely. Um, If we're specifically looking for beneficial movement patterns before the shift, um, mobility would actually be more beneficial than a stretch. When we think of stretching, we think of more of a static stretch hold. Whereas mobility is a little bit more dynamic and it actually prepares the body. Um, This is beneficial in as little as three to five minutes before the shift. Just a few minutes at the start of your day can actually revitalize your body, boost your energy levels and set a positive tone for your day. We consider this kind of waking up the body to activate your muscles and joints, etc., which is going to prepare you for the load and reduce the risk of injury. Okay, what about before performing activities such as lifting or twisting with instrument trays that can weigh up to 25 pounds? Are there different stretches that can be helpful in these type of situations? Sure, these would actually be known as functional movements, and we actually use this in everyday life with rotating, twisting, and turning, but volume and repetition can create overuse. So as we think about our dominant versus our non-dominant side, we tend to notice that we're a little bit stronger on our dominant side. And this is just because of repetition. We routinely do things on our dominant side versus our non-dominant side. You can also think about that with repetitive rotational movements and things like that. Anytime we're involving a load, it can present a greater challenge. So 
pre-shift, post-shift, or even off-day strengthening or stretches will help. There are some examples that I'll provide in a short video that we can link. The listeners can actually view it. Uh, but we should definitely be completing certain movement patterns that are similar to what we do during shift without a load to start preparing the joints in the spine. Um, these movements are beneficial for all of us as it prevents injury, prevents falls, it improves our core strength and movement efficiency, as well as preventing any muscular imbalances or overcompensation, which is just where we tend to utilize one area or muscle group more so than the other. So if someone wanted to strengthen specific areas, like your back, your arm, or your legs, the areas that are really most used while working in sterile processing, are there some simple exercises they can be doing? There are. I would certainly recommend beginning with body weight movements, and then you could progress to adding in a resistance band. If a resistance band isn't available, a belt or a large towel would work. You could begin with as simple as three sets of about six repetitions of that body weight movement or that resistance band movement, and then slowly begin introducing a load such as one dumbbell and then progress into two dumbbells. I'd recommend small habit building because um, that can have a big impact. If you can make it part of your day, it isn't about a grueling or time-consuming gym session. It's about smart targeted exercises that can provide maximum benefits in as little time to maximize your consistency. You're going to be more likely to do it if it's convenient and if it is uh, simple. So when I was younger, nothing really bothered me. You know, I could work all day. I could go play a pickup game at soccer. I could go work out. And the next day I could do it all over again. It was like nothing uh, ever happened. Like I didn't do anything. But now, now when I get out of bed, sometimes I'm sore and sometimes I even hurt myself just from sleeping. So as people age, our bodies change. Do we need to exercise differently? Well, believe it or not, John, we actually move less now. So if you consider how much you moved perhaps in those younger years, if you will, and how much you move now, we actually move less. So what we need to do is actually challenge ourselves to move a little bit more. Stiffness and soreness can seem more adamant until we just adjust to moving more. So, and I'm gonna shift a little bit. But in your experience, since you've been um, exercising with Camp Gladiator, when we consider how your body might have felt after maybe that first workout or those that first week compared to now, I'm sure you yourself can experience a significant difference in terms of stiffness and soreness. Yes. Yeah. So we, we lose muscle as we age, especially if we're not exercising regularly. So re remembering that our muscles carry and support our skeletal system, over time we can develop rounding of the spine and back if those muscles aren't strong to support that. So we need to definitely make sure that we're prioritizing moving as we age. And again, it doesn't have to be grueling or high intensity, um, just some simple movements that will help us um, increase our quality of life as we age. So if someone listened to the show or they're wanting to get in shape and do a little bit of exercise, kind of improve some of their health or overall health, should they go to the gym and just start pumping some iron or are there better ways to get in shape or programs to get into? Well, you know, John, as a trainer, I, I would say yes, 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 get to the gym, but because there has to be a but. Generally, gyms can be intimidating. Um, a lot of people just don't know what to do. So the likelihood that they'll continue that 
good habit of going to the gym, it, it can tend to be a little bit less likely that they're going to continue that if they don't feel confident, they don't feel like they know what to do. It can be simple, simple to give up. So find what you actually enjoy doing and do that. Finding something that you can do consistently, even if it's um, a little bit inconvenient, you might be less likely to stick to it, such as your schedule, if, it's, if it takes you a little bit of time to travel to get to that gym or that um, studio, whatever it is that you're planning on doing. So start small and then build upon that. Just remember that it doesn't get easier. You do become stronger both mentally and physically, and it needs to become part of your routine and who you are. So do you have any advice for people who are just starting out? Maybe they've never worked out before, so they don't hurt themselves and so they can be successful. Absolutely. I would certainly recommend starting with body weight movements and then slowly introducing load. Um, you don't want to throw some some dumbbells in someone's hands who's never done a particular movement. Um, if you're just starting out and you end up with an injury, that may prevent you from you know moving forward um, and it could actually you know set you back. So I would certainly recommend starting slow certainly if it's within your ability to work with a trainer that can help work with you based on where you are on your fitness journey to help introduce you to proper movement technique safe um, load volume things like that um, you can also even work out from home uh, i as as i mentioned i'm with camp gladiator and we provide on-demand workouts we do have beginner and low impact specific whether that is through the camp gladiator platform or not Anytime that someone is going to be starting their fitness journey, I would certainly recommend using those keywords of beginner and low impact and then progress and build from there. So I know that when I'm working out in our group that when I'm not doing an exercise correctly, you will take the time and show me how to do it correctly. Can you talk about why that is important to have that proper form when exercising? Yes, absolutely. So form is important, especially as we begin introducing load. So the body is really a magnificent thing in that um, it's smart enough to recruit other muscles to quote unquote help with the immediate demand. So if our core is not strong enough to support a certain movement pattern, our lower back is going to kind of tap in and go, let me help out. Now, the, the this is not always good because what happens is it's going to prevent us from truly addressing the muscles that we're trying to target and it's going to cause unnecessary strain on those other muscles that are trying to help out. Um, additionally, when we put joints in a compromising position with improper form, we're at risk of injury, which is also why a lot of times gyms aren't always the best for beginners because we can inadvertently put ourselves in a situation that is going to leave us with an injury. Hey, let's pause our conversation for just a second. Are you looking to get a CE for this episode? Well, you are in the right place. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log on to your MyHSPA account, and make sure you use the code FINANCES. Again, the code for this episode is FINANCES. Now, let's get back to our conversation. So a lot of folks this time of year make these New Year's resolutions, and one of the most popular resolution is to lose weight. Can you talk about some of the key things folks can do to be successful in their weight loss goals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when it comes to New Year's resolutions, they're often 
very, very well-intended, but sometimes we need to take a step back and just reconsider if these New Year's resolutions are re-solutions. In other words, do we have the same problem and we're continually trying extreme methods that are not sustainable to try to solve that problem? So when we can take a step back and think about the big picture and drill down on your why, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Well, I want my clothes to fit better. Why? Why do you want to your clothes to fit better? Well, I want to feel more comfortable. I want to be able to play with my kids, my grandkids. Well, why? I want to feel better about myself and have more confidence. I don't want to be a burden on my spouse or my kids as I get older, right? Thinking about the fact that this is your, your longevity and your quality of life, as we consider what value that has, I think that that can help us to really drill down on what that resolution should be and how we need to make it something that we can consistently do to achieve that goal. So consider, um, and and as silly as this sounds, um, we should all want to be able to go to the bathroom by ourselves when we're 80, right? And when we think about that, right, it's we don't want to be a burden on our kids. We want to be able to navigate life, right, as we as we age, because we're all none of us are aging backwards, right? We're all we're all aging, and so when you consider the basic functional movement of going to the bathroom by yourself when you're 80, that basic movement is a squat. All right, sitting to standing, right? Standing to sitting. Just remembering why we need to be strong. Um, So even though I gave kind of that extreme example, I think that when we consider, you know, these New Year's resolutions, these overall health and wellness or fitness goals, it's important to, to, you know, be as realistic in recognizing the fact that it's not just about the number on the scale. It's not just about the way your clothes fit. It's not for aesthetic purposes only. Um, It's for quality of life and longevity. And so considering what small things you can do every day, three three times a week, if if you can implement that routinely and regularly, you could have an impacting change on your life. Um, One thing I'd like to have you consider is if your boss said you have 30 minutes of mandatory overtime, three times a week required, we would do it, right? Yeah. And so when we think about why we would do that is it for the money is it just because it's our job things that make you go hmm but we can't quite as easily commit to 30 minutes of exercise three days a week on our own um so when you step back and you really just kind of think about that consider our vehicles our cars we upgrade we maintain those regularly without a thought it's it's just what we do but we have this one life and this one body to take care of So we should really think about upgrading and maintaining that one body, uh, mind and spirit through trying to be consistent with some sort of a a fitness routine. Well, I'm going to tell you, every time I do a squat now, I'm going to be thinking about, I want to use the bathroom when I'm 80 by myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is some real motivation. Bingo, bingo. So last question, (laughs) do you have any other advice you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I do. I do. I think my best advice is you're worth it. It's never too late. And something is always better than nothing. Um, I say that pretty routinely. Um, Something is always better than nothing. I think a lot of times we uh, can tend to feel like it needs to be a full one hour workout or, you know, full 30 minutes. But in actuality, something is always, always better than nothing. And, And consider if not now, when? 
Um, in five years, what are you going to feel like or look like if you continue your current lifestyle? So begin thinking and introducing behaviors that your future self would do so that you can start to identify as the, the person that you aspire to be or the lifestyle that you, that you hope to achieve um, over time. Well, Brenda, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for your advice and sharing with our listeners today. You're very welcome. It was great to be here, John. Well, that music means only one thing, and I am sorry to say that we are out of time for today. Thank you again, Brenda, for speaking with us. Hey, guess what? Attached to the podcast description is a link to a video where Brenda demonstrates some of the mobility and functional exercises that we discussed today. Now, all you have to do is click on that link and check them out. So thank you, Brenda, for that resource. You know, Brenda's right. We really need to drop the resolution and start making some long-lasting lifestyle changes. Do it for yourself. Do it for the person you want to be in five years. Do it for the person you want to be in 10 years down the road. And if you make it to 80, do it so you can go to the bathroom by yourself. HSPA episode 102 is in the books. We are done for today. Thanks for sticking with us. Hey, guess what? Each episode we do here on the podcast is on demand. So when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. And as always, stay classy and we'll see you next time.